The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. Welcome to Say What? I am Kristen Watt. I am a wife, a mom, a community advocate, and apparently I'm a podcast host now. That's how this episode's starting. It only goes up from here, though. I know this sounds serious, but I do try to make this fun. This is Say What on the PFC Entertainment Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Say What. I am Kristen Watt, the host of this podcast, and I am joined today. I'm joined all the time at some in some capacity by our fearless leader at the PFC Entertainment Network, Jason Klaus. He is the founder, producer, and most importantly, he's just my friend, and he's witty and funny. So, uh, but I can tell you what, we're gonna get into it today, Jason. This ain't funny. Thank no. shit about it. That's funny. Not even a little bit. I mean, um, you know, you try to look for the humorous side of just about anything, but there are cases where that just is not applicable. This is one of them. No, but as most people know, if you tune, if this is your first time tuning in, um, we will let you know. I typically cover, you know, stories and have guests on that help unite, heal, and inspire. And I think in this, it this meets the criteria, Jason, but in a different way it's not in the mushy gushy way it's people need to unite families and workers need to heal and people need to be inspired to um stand up for themselves and create change in this in their jobs in their families in this country so um we are obviously talking if it's not obvious already about the uaw strike that started Friday night, September 15th at midnight. And um, it's very interesting that this is going to be the topic because, I mean, this just happened a few days ago. You work for, now you work for GM, right? That's Am correct. I wrong? Okay. So nope, you work for GM. Correct. You are a UAW member. Yes, local 598. Okay. There you go. I am not a UAW member, but while my show, as I have mentioned, at nauseum is not uh, a political show, there are just. This this isn't a political issue. It's a it's a workers' rights issue that's become you know strikes and unions and stuff are politicized, but this is not a political issue. This is a human issue. And this uh, UAW, I mean, I guess I would say you are um, very blessed to be a union member because you know I'm from Texas and we do have unions in Texas, but not like up here. It's not even nobody brags about it. Nobody goes to you know rallies and you know it's not a point of pride in the south um as the way it is here in the midwest and particularly you know michigan ohio um indiana probably at kentucky uh tennessee even um but man michigan it's a thing it's you know Mm -hmm. home of the home of the automobile this is literally where it was created and um i think the rest of uh the country i mean obviously you have unions to thank for weekends um minimum wages all kinds of things that we enjoy the fruits of those labors today but as we know, with every step of progress in this country, it you you don't just, oh, we got what we wanted or what we deserved, 
And I guess we'll just go home and eat dinner now and not think about it again, because as women, we understand this, as workers, we understand this, as people of color understand that the moment you let your foot off that pedal, they'll take that shit right from you again. You know what I mean? It's always that way. So um, we have our grandparents and great grandparents to thank for so many of the things we take for granted today, but we have to carry those fights on in order to ensure that our children and grandchildren have not only what we have, but better. And at this point in our country, I sure as hell hope it's better because man, we're going to get into the thick of it today. I'm like there, we want to talk about the strike and I'd like to hear from you because you actually are a, um, a union member and you are specifically UAW. But for those that don't know, you know, I am a local uh, community advocate in my own community, but long before I did that, I was um, working, you know, in uh, on camp more state and national, like supporting national campaigns and and things like that. So I've been a little activist my whole life in some way, but um, this one is very close to my heart because, like I said, man, even though I'm not a UAW, you know, I'm from Texas. We didn't have family members that were part of it. My friends, my comrades, my colleagues here in Michigan, my husband's family, everyone knows somebody that works in the automotive industry. It touches your family. And if you take that out of the conversation, the UAW part, our nurses down at Rochester Ascension are on strike over their uh, working conditions and pay rates after everything they gave us through COVID and risked their lives literally every day um, in addition to how they already do it. And then you have Blue Cross Blue Shield. You've got, I mean, and I think about these big companies and these unions because as much as I love a good small business, I used to own a small business. I support small family owned businesses. They don't have, those employees don't have that advocacy the way a union and, you know, collective action does. So when you, when you look at the whole big picture of the country, I literally had to, um, before we get into the thick of UAW, I want to tell you about an experience I had this week and our listeners and man, just makes my blood boil. Um, so we had a situation where we have a person here in our community who is fantastic um, and they collaborated with our police station here in Holly and we have a community food pantry. It is not only a success, it is heavily used, heavily relied upon and in our like every other little towns, you know, Facebook forums, it's a circus in there. Don't tread, you know. Don't go in there unless you got thick skin and some, you know, protective gear because people are vicious behind a keyboard. But we had a situation where somebody dropped off some produce and some eggs and got mad that a person came in right behind them. And I think they dropped off like 12 dozen eggs. Someone took three of them. They went in the forum here in Holly and lost their shit on people need to quit taking the eggs and (laughs) oh lord have mercy there were i don't even know there were hundreds of comments and people who were like hey you know don't shame people and blah 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 i had to get up in there and was like do you people don't realize it outside of thank god for unions because to to have legal action and 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 things to fight for for progressive wages and benefits and pensions 69% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 41% of Americans who make $100,000 or more are living paycheck to paycheck, just in a little bit different way. You know what I mean? $100,000 doesn't mean shit anymore, not at all. And if you make less than that, good luck to you. Like, good luck. And there's no help unless you are at the bottom of the barrel and then you are shamed, literally shamed, for like, you don't work hard enough. What do you mean you don't work? That's something I had to find out when I came to Michigan too. What do you mean? Well, get a third job. What? That's not the answer. And so my response in all this was God bless America, man. Like these CEOs, and we'll get into that too for, you know, Ford and all them making these billions of dollars and stock buybacks and all this money lining their pockets of corporate greed. And people are down here arguing over free eggs. It's an embarrassment. We're the richest country on the planet. It's a freaking embarrassment. 
And I told that poor woman who is just shamed to the point that she would not go back to the pantry again. I said, there is nothing wrong with you. You are not the problem. The, this country, this society is the problem. Corporate greed is the problem. And now we have made it okay for people to shame other people for needing eggs. Like I, I'm sorry, I'm fired up this week. I just pissed me off because it's such a, it's such a indicator of these problems, you know? And then while you were busy making strike t-shirts, because you guys are on strike now, I don't know what you're doing with all this time making well, shirts. And <laughs> that's, that's a misconception, right? <clears throat> okay. Right now, there's only three plants that are currently, as we're recording this, oh, on okay. strike. Flint Assembly, which is the plant that I work at, is still very much operational. Oh, okay. Thank you for correcting me. I certainly do not want to pass out information that is not right and that is one of the reasons i'm glad you're here today to talk about it but i will say that this weekend i went down to detroit downtown um with my friends who to stand in solidarity with our union brothers and sisters man and it was a rally of epic proportions i'll tell you what it was so bad i lost my shoe i broke my shoe <laughs> and it it we might get into that part later, but I will tell you that uh, UAW is also close to my heart because, as I've mentioned on previous episodes, you know, I ran for county commissioner um, here in my district last year. Um, I'll be, I did not win, um, but it was a beautiful experience. It was a learning experience for sure. And UAW was one of the many unions that endorsed my campaign. And I, I never took that lightly because that money doesn't come from some corporate profit thing that comes from workers who donate their money to be given to candidates who are pro-union and pro-workers rights and who will advocate for them and so every when they wrote me that check man and they put you through the ringer up there at uaw you got oh, to go yeah. in and be interviewed and i felt like i was in a courtroom like it was a whole thing and it was a very big point of pride to catch that endorsement because it's not easy to get and not freely given and those workers every penny they donated i think of that every time i would you know when they wrote that check like that came from those people that i witnessed in that room and that's how important these people union members are willing to put their time they knock doors they've got signs they pick it they will go out and bust their ass to not only benefit their themselves and their families and their coworkers, but that sets the tone for the country. It's for all workers. They're doing it because it, they believe in it for everybody. And so I just thank them so much for everything they have done. You know, our, the, those that have gone before us uh, that we stand on their shoulders have done previously and the people willing to make that sacrifice right now for what's right, you know, and what is deserved so anyway all right you work for gm you know more than me i just know like what you uaw represents nearly 150,000 auto workers and um like you said i think the three plants so the one that you work at is functional but michigan there's like michigan missouri and ohio right correct that are so currently what, on strike what this is this is unprecedented their approach the uaw's approach in this round of negotiations, the, this contract mm -hmm. cycle is unlike anything that that's ever been done before in the entire history of the, of the UAW. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is generally when contract negotiations are coming up, the UAW will focus on one of the three companies at a time. And, you know, they will focus on Ford, for example. They will mm -hmm. work with them, get a contract, ratify it, move on to Stellantis, and then the GM. Um, that's not necessarily the official order. You're right. It's history but, in the making, man. You're right. And that's what people don't understand. Never before have they, t have they taken on all three at the same time. Mm -hmm. And... In what what this particular strike is, because four years ago, General Motors is the only one of the big three that went out on strike. And I just, you know, it, I had never been a part of that before. Mm -hmm. And it was <clears throat> across the entire company. Every GM plant went down and we were out for 44 days. 
Okay. I remember. I remember. That's the first time I was really exposed to that process because I actually came down to where you were, not knowing you at the time, right. and was delivering pizzas and peanut butter and crackers and like snacks and coming out and standing on the picket line with them. Um, but man, and it was a sight to see. It was. It, it changed me. It really did. You know, being newer to Michigan and like witnessing whole families, babies, whole families out there all day yeah impressive it really what it was it was you know we had uh what was called a um solidarity sunday it was that first real big rally man and all you saw was a sea of red that went up both sides of van slyke all yep. the way down you know very impressive now what's happening here this is what's what uh uaw president sean fain who is very new and in, in his he just became our president like five or six months ago yeah he, so is, he is man very, i heard him speak he's he's top notch dude like he he is and everybody questioned him you know they're like why why is he only doing three plants here he he targeted one from from Stellantis one from Ford one for GM and everybody assumed that they that they were going to immediately tackle the big money makers for General Motors it's Flint assembly we expected to walk out at midnight on the 15th we were all we had all of our shit packed we were yep. just waiting for the word and then word came at 10 o'clock that he's gonna he's gonna focus on Wentzville, M Missouri, and it's like, okay, well, interesting. And like people in the plant were up in arms, like, what in the fuck is he doing? What is he doing? And then it within twelve hours, we got our first indication of what this was and how it was truly affecting. And I'll give you an example here: Toledo, Ohio. The Toledo plant for Stellantis mm -hmm. is is one of their big money makers. They were expected to be okay. So what Stellantis did was they took engines from another plant that they thought was going to be shut down and took them all to the Toledo plant. When they got to the Toledo plant, that's when he shut it down. Now, the the funny part of this is, is now Stellantis has to find a way to get those engines out of the Toledo plant that is now on strike. Mm -hmm. And they were counting on the Teamsters, the truck drivers represented by the Teamsters, to go in and get them. The Teamsters came out and said, we are not mm -hmm. crossing a picket line. We are backing the UAW. Mm -hmm. So now Stellantis is completely screwed in trying to get those those parts out so it has shut down an inadvertently another processing plant that wow. wasn't even named you see what i'm saying the, yeah. the the dude is playing chess the companies are playing checkers yep. and this guy comes in like he's got all of his pieces like all laid out and now yeah. it's very strategic and like yeah. we're it's it's very fascinating really well i can tell you that when I went down to Detroit, it was on Saturday. Um, it was after the strike had been announced. And for anyone listening to this, listen, I don't, I don't give a damn. Republican, Democrat, independent, don't vote, don't care, whatever. Whoever you are listening out there. When I say what I'm about to say, this is not about your politics. This is not about your party. This is about people. And let me just tell you, regardless of where you fall on the ideological or social or political spectrum, Bernie frickin' Sanders, whether you agree when he ran for president or not, that fool shows up for workers, for civil rights. For what, he's been doing this since, he's 80 something years old and he's been doing this since his 20s relentlessly and he's one of my personal heroes because he walks his talk and puts his money where his mouth is so while most congress people and senators are sitting up in their you know cape cod or wherever the hell they all go on the weekend i don't know what the hell they do but i'm going to tell you what he does he was in new jersey at a nurse's strike and then he was in detroit where history was happening that you just explained that's never happened before 
and he came out there and man, I love him anyway. He's, he's my boyfriend in case anyone doesn't know. Don't tell his wife, Jane though. Um, he's my 80 something year old boyfriend. Um, but the reason that when he, he kind of like became such a phenomenon, like when he ran was he started speaking to people in a way that people weren't being like our lives weren't being talked about for real. Like, you know, and so whether you agreed with all his stuff or you didn't, irrelevant. He was talking about human rights, people who work every day in this country, who create the profits that these people line their pockets with, including the big three to epic proportions and wanting people who don't make billionaires, who, who aren't billionaires to be able to, to have that chance. And we did not have, I hear people in my like, um, baby boomer generation and people like my grandparents who, you know, Hey, you, you went to school. You, if you're lucky, you went to college and you got a little degree and you could have one job and the wife could stay home and raise kids. I mean, I'm not advocating for that at this point, but I'm just saying that was the world that they grew up in and you could get a house on a handshake and $500 down and pay your bills and save for retirement and have a, have a dignified life. You know, you have to be rich, but you could live with dignity. Maybe take a vacation once in a blue moon, man, that doesn't exist anymore. All our kids are leaving college, $8 billion in debt. I'm generalizing of course, but you know what I mean? Like you can't just go do that. Back when my grandparents bought a house, there was no such thing as a credit score. Like right. nothing. They capitalize off, you know, the working class of this country. And that's where people talk about the disappearing middle class. And so when I was at that rally this weekend, I was watching, oh my God, it was so nice to get out of North Oakland County, even though I love where I live. It reminded me. I got back down there in Detroit. There was every shade, every size, every person, culture, music. I saw Representative Debbie Dingle up there dropping it like it was hot. Like, I mean, there was just, it was like, oh, the world outside of the bubble that I live in. And I know it exists because as I've mentioned, I'm from Houston, most diverse city in the country. I grew up with that. And living where I live is is a sweet little town, but man, it's just small, small-minded, white. There's no culture diversity here and there's no like, we don't have any industry here. So even though a lot of our citizens that live where I live do work for unionized companies, nurses, big three, whatever, they just don't get active like the way people do in suburban areas and cities, right? So um, at least not that we're seeing in our community. And so it was so great to get to downtown Detroit, went to American Coney, oh my God phenomenal mm -hmm. amazing service um had the best coconut cream pie so good um but it was so beautiful just to watch people come together and man everybody in that in that audience was chanting bernie bernie i haven't heard that in five years or whatever it is you know since he ran and it was anyway they weren't cheering for him because he was running for a president that guy lost his thing through scandalous means. And the very next day he was out on a picket line and helped. Well, I lost tough shit. I got to get back to work. I got to go help these people. And like, right. that's why I respect him. And I respect anyone who does that, by the way, it's not just him. There are people who they're there for the, like you've mentioned that before, like for the right reasons and they're fighting for the right things. And it's, we elect people to represent us, not, Wall Street and corporate interest and billionaire CEOs who, you know, mm -hmm. like, how do you even get that job, Jason? How does the GM CEO even get that job? Like what, what amount of work does one do in a day to get $28 million a year? I don't even understand it. You know, that's been the source of contention, especially, especially because our, our particular CEO went on, I believe it was CNN and, uh -huh. um, had an absolute awful showing and oh, I'm it, sure. it triggered the question of <laughs> this is the individual at the head of the table you know and then you know what and i know she's her lineage like she's generational i think her grandfather was a gm employee or something along these lines and um how she got to be where she's at, I'm not particularly sure. 
But make an absolute no mistake about it. And it's not just her. It's every CEO across oh, yeah. the board. Yeah. She, she's not really calling the shots. They, she has stock, you know, stockholders that are mm. really the bosses here. She's just the puppet that right. gets that, that gets put at the head of the table or gets put on all the, all the promotional bullshit as the, the CEO. But she's not calling the shots, you know. Um, well, and I think that, and if I remember, I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but I remember because it's been on the news, it's been spoken about at nauseum by multiple, you know, union members, rallies, whatever. I think Ford is the highest. It's 29. The lady that is the CEO for Ford's 29 million. I think GM was in the middle and then Stellantis might have been in the back. I don't remember, but it doesn't matter. It's all like, I look, I am all for work hard, earn your keep, get paid what you're worth. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand. Like I look at something like, what's a really good example? Like, okay, let's take Starbucks, for example. Let's just start there. That's a well-known big company. The guy, what's the guy? Howard Schultz, right? Howard Schultz started Starbucks. He literally built it. And then as you grow and grow and grow and you reap all those profits and blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying I believe in philanthropy. I don't necessarily want to tell people how to spend their money, but I can tell you that it, even though I don't have a whole lot of love for that cat for a lot of reasons, he started his own company. Bill Gates started his own company. These people walk in, they didn't do shit. No offense. Like they didn't do shit to earn $28 million. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you just got hired and chosen to be that puppet. And at the end of the day, I guess my thing is, you know, these CEOs make 40 or was it like 342 or 360 something. It doesn't matter. 300 plus times what their workers make. And they're the ones busting their ass, breaking their backs, trying to put the kids through college and, and make a good living and live a good life to make these people rich who didn't even earn it. Like, I, I don't get it. Like it's, and it has just become worse and worse over the last, you know, 25, 30 years. So at this point, I think one of the biggest things that puts people and by people, I mean, wall street stockholders, huge corporations, and especially it terrifies mom and pop businesses when things like this happen is because Inflation has never been, I mean, not inflation, I'm sorry, the the cost of living, people have never been, like that never, in, like the, the wages did not increase to match the cost of living progressively over these years. So people normalized being underpaid and underserved and undervalued. And now that it's grown so much, it sounds outrageous to say we want a 40% pay raise. But these companies made, 30, 40% profit, like above, you know what I mean? Like, because the, and then cars went up 30%, like everything got through inflation went up, which caused their profit line to go up, but they never paid those workers extra. So that's really on a very kindergarten level. Like, Hey, we're making you all this money. And now it costs so much. We can't even afford freaking chicken and uh -huh. rent. We, 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 we absolutely deserve to be paid what our value is, you know, for the work we're doing and the money we're making you. And that's terrifying to every other. And that's why I say they set the tone for the country because just like Bernie, no offense, I'll go back to Bernie and several others who were fighting for 15 and everyone thought, oh, we can't pay McDonald's workers $15 an hour. And I'm thinking, well, under your line of thinking, sure, you don't want to do that because if you pay $15 an hour to a McDonald's worker, that means your, your EMT who's making $18 an hour and already underpaid should be making $50 an hour because, you know, they're just saving lives. They're just out there, you know, holding your freaking heart in their hands to make sure you don't die. And so everyone should be making more. Of course, I think I personally believe it. $20 an hour is really the minimum wage for a cost of living in this country right now. And that's just real talk. I can't help it. It's inconvenient. It's fucking right. true. And so 
but at the moment you raise that minimum, you have to start raising everything else. And for these auto, for people like you, I don't know what you make an hour and I'm not asking you what you make an hour, but whatever it is, if you're doing the same work and they're making 40% more than they were last year, why is it? And I think your president actually said that on an episode on the news of CNN interview he did with Jake Tapper or somebody. And he was like, nobody said a damn word. That wasn't problematic, but we want 40% more and now we got problems, you know? Right. And that's what's so jacked up about this country. Like we're, we think it's okay when rich people get richer, but working Americans are supposed to get four jobs to just get by. Like, I don't know what the answer is, dude. I, I don't know if there's a country getting it right right now. I really don't. Um, it's just greed. It's greed. That's that's what it comes down to. And, and that that's a is, world problem. It is. It's not exclusive to the United States. It's not nope. exclusive to the auto industry. It's not. It's it's across the entire globe. It's all about money. It's about power. It's about prestige. And yeah. that is why our world is as fucked up as it is. Because our priorities are so jacked from where they should be and what built what we once had and you know all that success quote unquote all the and it's it's all about money and power because we put so much stock into it i you you mentioned like emts and things of this nature and it conjures up my feelings in this regard my wife is a registered nurse has been for over a decade she put herself through college to be a nurse and she's done yeah. the damn thing she she would work through the covid bullshit and, and all that she saves people's lives i build trucks i don't really feel like in the grand scheme of things if we're prioritizing things right people that are actually having a hand in saving people's lives and you know for the betterment like they need to be compensated and taken care of above everybody else because when something goes wrong with us you know health wise where do we go where do we run to them okay now you look over at the auto industry because this is a lot of the shit that i read online because i have seen that same argument well you know anybody can go in there and do what you guys do all you do is sit down and push buttons for eight hours which is categorically fucking false Okay. Right. Right. You can tell who who just does not know anything about anything that goes on in, <laughs> so in an assembly plant, you know. Um, but the fact of the matter is, overall, and I'm not I'm not singling out the CEOs of these companies. Look, the stockholders they determine what these people make, and if they're fine with that, cool. But when you are paying your CEOs this amount of money. And there's still billions of dollars in profit, profit being after all the bills are paid in the manufacturing and, you know, paying the employees and all this shit. We're talking after every bill is paid, you still have billions of dollars in profit. The prices to live are going up. So why should we not get some sort of kickback? Now, people, you know, they by and large. The UAW workers have a lot of support, but there is that vocal minority that just will not shut their mouths. And you can, t- it. if I allow it, I would be pissed off 24-7 reading <laughs> and hearing this stuff. But at the end of the day, they don't know. They, they are fundamentally ignorant. And I, I can't hold them accountable for being stupid because... They don't want to take the time to actually do the research. So why am I going to invest my time in that? You know what I'm saying? Um, It's um, right now for us, you know, we are not on strike. But I mean, that call could come, you know, tonight. It could come next week. He's got this shit set up in phases. What's happening now is phase one. And if these companies don't make a, in good faith, put forth a better proposal on the table then you're going to start seeing phase two phase three phase four and it it doesn't mean it's just one specific plant 
for each of the companies. He could target two GM plants, one Ford, and nothing from, from Stellantis in, in this round. You, you know what I'm saying? We yeah. don't know. And nobody else knows. The CEOs don't know. At first, Friday night, they, they, they were laughing at us. When he came out and said, we're just going to target these three plants, the CEOs and the higher-ups and the white-collar fuckfaces were all, you know, they were all laughing. They're like, what is this guy doing? Because he's brand new. Keep in mind, he's brand new. He's never done this before on this level. So they're laughing at him until 12 hours later, they started seeing that, that ripple effect. They're like, oh, there is a plan. And, yeah. it, and it is working. So we should probably start doing something. Um, look, this doesn't have to be drawn out. We just want what we feel we earn. We break our bodies oh. down. We, yes. we, we break, you know, being an auto worker, being involved in the auto industry is so mentally and physically taxing on levels that people just don't comprehend. They can't yeah. comprehend it. Well, you said something earlier that I think I want to go back to to kind of tie into what you just said, and that is that, you know, people just think you're in there pushing buttons and anyone can do this. Now, I do believe that the majority of people with all their faculties can be trained to do just about anything where that's why people go to college and, you know, or to trades and learn how to do something they're passionate about or what they need to do to provide for their family. But I will take you to a three month. Hang on a second. This is my union hall calling. I'm going to have to call you back. Okay. 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 Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Say What. Um, this is a this is possibly one of the more unique episodes because we literally were having this conversation about the UAW strike and you know, families who are struggling. And I mean, it's just a bigger, you know, the UAW is, is the main purpose, you know, topic of this, of this podcast, but it really ripples because I know that the UAW fought for 40 hour work weeks. The country got 40 hour work weeks. Like, you know what I mean? So I kind of feel like it's, it's a, it's just like a symbolic representation of the workforce and the country in some ways, you know, with these, with, with manufacturing. So I don't know, but if, if depending on how we get this done in post-production, um, we literally had a situation where Jason and I were having this conversation and he got a call from his union hall and had to leave like in real time to go down and deal with whatever he had to deal with. So we had an abrupt uh, ending to our initial recording and we're back a couple days later. And I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I've been sick for two days. I have a brain fog. I don't even remember exactly where we left off on the sentence. Like, but you know what? It's okay. Um, well, not only that, a, a lot more has happened in the last couple of days in terms of the overall strike, too. So, I mean, it, it really is a two-part conversation. What what has led us up to this point and where we are here and now and what can we expect moving forward? Well, and you may have to fill me in a little bit because, like I said, I've been sick for a couple of days and I sound a little congested. Sorry about that. But um, I do know I had many friends that went down to Pontiac today to uh, that location and joined the picket line. Um, I know there were people in Lansing. There were people like more locations, I believe, have been shut down since we last spoke. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, as of this recording, and we are recording this, this part of it on Friday evening. Uh, just to put it in context here, earlier today, UAW President Sean Fain went on Facebook Live and s- systematically shut down all of the parts uh, uh, di- uh, distribution plants. Um, now, there is a misconception with this, and so let me explain this part of it. Thank um, you. There, there is a narrative out there that these plants exclusively supply the manufacturing plants like plant assembly with all of their parts that is inaccurate these plants that went down today um they are very profitable for the company overall because what they do is they distribute the parts that go to the dealerships and other like 
like mechanic shops, people that re that repair these vehicles. That's gotcha. what these plants do now. Um, and I don't know if it's like that across the board, but for our specific situation, the CCA plant on Davis Road here in Burton uh, yeah. is one of them that went down here today. Now, uh, in the event that we are running short on a part and the regular supplier cannot get them to the plant fast enough, that is when we will call upon a distribution center to hot shot a, a certain number of parts to the plant so that we can keep the line running. They are not an exclusive supplier of parts to our plant, at least in our, our situation. So I wanted to clear that up. But make absolute no mistake about it. On on paper, it's very underwhelming for a lot of the public and a lot of our membership. A lot of our membership are up in arms about this. They're like, yeah. what what does the what does this have to do with anything? This is not going to affect us. Now, there is a contingent of those people that are pissed off because they just want to, you know, not have to work. They want a vacation and they want somebody to pay for it. Under right. the guise of being on strike in, in the name of solidarity. That is not across the board. They are the minority. The problem is they are the most vocal. And that's what people are paying attention to. Okay. And um, listen, they, these are the same people that were pissed off two weeks ago when only three plants were shut down. Now, let me bring you up, up to speed with this part of it. Wentzville. Wentzville was one of was the GM representative that was closed down in phase one of this thing. And people are like, oh my God, there's only three plants. He should have shut everything down. No, it was a trickle effect because within within a couple of days of that happening, because the CEOs were scrambling, trying, trying to figure out what our course of action was going to be. They took parts from one plant that they thought was going to close down over to another one. When the parts got there, that's the one that got shut down. Yep. And so those parts got locked in there. The Teamsters who represent the truck drivers who haul this shit were like, we are not crossing picket lines. Figure it out on your own. Okay. Right. Now, earlier this week, the GM plant in Fairfax, Kansas was forced to go idle because of the parts from Wentzville were no longer a thing because they are on strike. No parts were leaving there. They starved out Fairfax. To the part to, to the point where they had to shut that down and put all those people on layoff, not strike, layoff. So oh, okay. that is the trickle down effect because they they will be able to get unemployment theoretically because it is a non-strike stoppage. Can I I can I ask you a question? Let me stop you on that point right there because I literally again I just told you I've been in a brain fog for two days. Right. I don't think it was you that I was talking about this with, but somebody in a conversation that I had in the last couple of days, and if it was you, let me know, was talking about how brilliant, I mean, I know you talked about how brilliant the strategy was by the UA, the new UAW president, but they were basically talking about how fiscally in some ways this was responsible because if of for the for the organization because basically the way they're doing it on these layoffs is these these people can get the unemployment and it's not coming out of the UAW's like dues and funds the strike fund yes strike fund so the way they did this was people got paid their unemployment while they're doing this but it's not it's costing the federal government money it's not costing the UAW money Right, it's not dipping into our strike fund, which extends the longevity of the strike fund being there for the ones that, that are actually going on strike. Do you remember, did you and I have that conversation, or was that someone else told me that? I believe, you. I, no, that was not with me, I don't believe. Huh, I don't know, I have a lot of smart friends, no telling, but, but they were really just talking about the brilliant strategy of that, and someone going, you know, this, I think, I have heard you say this, um, play on words before but i do think whoever i was talking to said that like this you know he's playing chess and everyone else playing checkers you know what i yeah. mean now that part i did say on on the air because that's i had heard somebody else say that and i'm like that is a <laughs> that is a perfect illustration of what is happening here mm -hmm. because that is what's happening here 
And even on the surface with today's announcement, because listen, I mean, as he made the announcement that he was going to initiate quote unquote phase two of this thing, rumors started going rampant and it's like, okay, you know, me seeing the, the, the whole picture here, my curiosity is not exactly what plant is going down, but who is starting these rumors to the point to where they catch like wildfire. Flint assembly was very much on, on the radar as was Arlington. And I went on the air on one of the other shows this week. And I said, I feel like this may be a regional thing right now. We're in, we're, we're focusing on this part of the country. Nothing has happened West of Missouri yet. Well, Arlington assembly is a big ass deal, you know, and they, they, they are a profitable, uh, plant. And I thought, man, he's, he's, you're talking about Arlington, Virginia, Arlington, Texas. Oh, Arlington, Texas. Okay. That will tell you how little I know about what's made where across the country, you know, because I always think of it in the terms of Michigan, Indiana, Ohio. But um, I guess I didn't realize that. How stupid do I feel right now? Like, I didn't even know there was a UAW plant in in Texas. Like, that sounds stupid because Ford truck, like that's like the the state vehicle. (laughs) But I don't know. It's um. I don't know. This is going to be interesting. Um, it's really weird just to go from Sunday or Monday, whenever we filmed the first part of this, to now, like how how quickly things change, minute to minute, you know, day to day. And so, but it's really, um, as always, you know, much love, much respect, much solidarity to you and all of our um, union brothers and sisters out there who are standing up for themselves and really everybody. I feel like when y'all do this, it's for everybody, even though it's for you. Um, well, make no mistake about it. The world's watching, you know, all these other unions. And I mean, you, and we're also paying attention to what's going on with the Canadian strike because the, uh, Unifor, which is the Canadian union, um, they just uh, had a tentative deal with Ford. GM and Stellantis is still on the table, so we are still monitoring that as well. All right. Now a lot of people are talking about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not. It's just been interesting, and I'm. And it's very. It's always very encouraging to me to know. Like today, I mean, obviously I was working. I couldn't go today, but it's always encouraging to me to see everyday people who support you guys give up their time, their money, their resources, their afternoon to go stand on the picket line with you guys. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of why I always feel like it's very representative of working class people everywhere. You know what I mean? And so I just, uh, it was really nice to see how many people I knew today, just on Facebook alone that were checked in at different locations across the state of Michigan that went out to, um, you know, join in with everybody. And I don't know. Now I will tell you, I did see a, uh, I want to say, I hate to call it a meme because really it was just a quote, but it was like on a graphic. Um, Mm -hmm. and in Ohio, uh, Nina Turner, who was absolutely, uh, just one, you know, she ran for, I think, uh, I don't know if it was Congress or whatever, but, you know, she was one of the top people. We talked about Bernie Sanders on the first part of the show um, and definitely toured with him. And she's one of my personal heroes, too, just as a amazing, strong. Um, I, I would call it a human rights leader, you know, because human rights is a big umbrella, but just for just fighting for the working class people of this country. And so she made a post on Facebook today though. And that's, I think that's where I got that about, you know, the unions fought for the 40 hour work week and the country got 40 hour work weeks. The unions are right now fighting for 32 hour work weeks. Right. Like that's part of what what, that was one of the proposals or the one of the, of our demands that was presented to the companies. I don't feel like, and I may be wrong because I'm not at the bargaining table, but based on the feedback that we have been getting, I don't feel like the number of day work weeks is necessarily a priority at this point. 
right okay. now i i if anything with that changes i will be very surprised right now there is a lot of momentum with the with the restoration of cola and getting something of a significant bump in pay that's the double-headed monster i feel like right, right. now and coming in at three is job security you right. know what i'm saying Ooh. Dog has something to say about that. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm filming a podcast, dear. There's dinner for you. Awesome. Well, folks, for y'all listening, this is real life in Christian yeah, Lockland. <laughs> dogs. You know, I don't have a studio. We don't have the budget for the studio. We do this from our living rooms. So you're just going to get the real authentic experience with me that's all i'm gonna say that was the word i was going to use the authenticity of uh, yeah. you know that's it adds to the it charm of the show this life i can tell you i i can try but you wouldn't believe it so so i guess in uh i think what i'd like to do with this episode just because i mean this is what's happened in just a few days right it'll be interesting to see where we are next week in two weeks, you know, and God bless, I hope not in a month, but you know, that's a very real possibility. So I, I think I'd really like to do a follow-up part two, part two to this, like, you know, down the line and the outcome and like what came from all this. Right. So we'll put a pin in that for whenever that uh, yet to be determined date is. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was uh, amongst different people that i've talked to this week i've been approached with um launching kind of like a mini series on you know a new podcast but not like a full-blown one kind right. of like uh an every other day update or you know a bi-weekly something like this a couple of times Which a week you to don't bring have enough to do <laughs> listen with a <laughs> new look- wife a job a strike and like 27 shows you produce and co-host on Kristen, you know as well as I do, no one said being awesome was easy because if that was the case, everybody would be awesome, and that's not it. (laughs) Well, can I just throw – I'm going to throw a plug out there real quick, too, really quickly when we talk about, like, hardworking people making quality products. Um, As I said, I was not feeling well at all for the last couple days, and – I headed down to your neck of the woods today Um, for anyone who lives in, in, you know, I'm in Holly, Michigan. For those that don't know, um, our neighboring town is Grand Blank, and that is where you live. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go way off topic on UAW right now. We're just going to talk about Chinese food. Okay. It's, it's a stretch, but like, just follow me on the journey. (laughs) When I am sick, I was telling my friend that drove me down there that growing up in the south and particularly you know in houston as i have mentioned at nauseum one of the most diverse cities in the country literally food and drinks and delicacies from every country every island you name it in the world is represented in houston texas you can literally walk down a strip mall and be like i'll have ugandan food today I'll have Afghani food today. I'll have, you know what I mean? Like it's everywhere. It's not just Mexican food, Chinese food, right? So growing up, when you're sick, my dad, the first thing he did was go to the local Chinese restaurant. We would get quarts of hot and sour soup. And, you know, it makes all the sense in the world because Chinese medicine was used for centuries. You know what I mean? In healing. And I'm telling you, get me some Kung Pao chicken, get me some hot chili oil, throw it in my wonton soup, whatever. Like, I'd be well in 48 hours. And this was like standard practice in our family. And so when I moved to Michigan, I was shit out of luck because up here in the north, they make everything very Szechuan style, which is more vegetables, celery and carrots for everybody. And in the south, it's Hunan style. I'm not kidding. Like, Fuck celery. I hate celery in my Chinese food. I don't want any part of it. If it ain't bok choy or something cool, I don't want it. So, and the carrots are never cooked. It's just, I don't know. Don't get me started. We could do a whole episode on Chinese food, I promise you. So anyway. It's just bad. It's all bad. 
I know. No, go. Sorry. Yet again, my lovely tween child. Anyway, so my point in all this story to bring it full circle is when I moved to Michigan, I was screwed because I don't care what anybody says. The Chinese food here sucks compared to Texas because Hunian style is sauce. It's spicy. There's no vegetables to be found. It's just meat and sauce and MSG and you will die a happy person. So I've had a really hard time not being able to access Chinese food that is to my liking. So finally, during COVID, actually, we, I don't know what happened. I was just dying one day. I was sick and I didn't have COVID, but I was just sick. And I'm like, just find me any Chinese restaurant, just any that's doing takeout. And so I came down to China Jade in Grand Blank, right there uh, off Saginaw Street, like behind the bank. Yep. And I'm going to tell you, I tried when we lived in Shelby Township. I tried a couple. Oh, you got to go. It's the best. It was awful. Celery for everybody. So I went in this place and they had like they had built like a wooden thing where you could just walk up and like a makeshift takeout thing. And they did this for like two and a half years. Their food is unbelievable. It's like literally the only Chinese food I will eat in this state. And so we went down there today and they opened a new place. I want to say it correctly. It's called I hope I'm saying it correctly. It's a Quamaria Yemeni Coffee Company. I have seen them like probably 20 times now and I've never stopped in there. And so when Angela took me down there today to get the food, we had to wait. And I was like, oh, my God, let's just go in there and see what they have. I can't tell you how at home I felt. I walked in. There were people for every shade, every size, every walk of life. Beautiful Yemeni women or um, I. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say they were Yemeni women. They beautiful women of um, different ethnicities than myself. Um, and the food, the, the pastries were like works of art. It was like milk cakes. And I mean, it was unbelievable. And it was just it, you could tell it was just this cultural experience. And we just don't have much of that up here in the north end of our county. And man, I drink, I am currently drinking. You can't, we're on audio only, so you can't see it. But it's a Yemeni lemonade, which has some, it's kind of like a cherry cordial syrup in it. But it's like from their country. And then some Yemeni spices and lemonade. And oh my God, it's phenomenal. I can already breathe again. Well, Between I'm that, happy. Soup and the Kung Pao chicken. Uh, I'm glad you found your. I'm glad you I, found some degree of happy today, Kristen, because I know it's been something of a challenge the last few days here. So if that's if that's what happens, man, I'm I'm here for it, and I'm happy for you. I am too. It gives me a. It just makes my heart happy to to come down and see family-owned businesses, um, other other cultures, other recipes other experiences near me like it's such a part of who i am and it's so difficult where i live to find and it's just like man this is awesome so and i guess we could end the show on a depressing note um yeah we you mentioned we've had a couple challenging days i've been sick and then last night our cat didn't come home and so it has been a day of emotions and many of you met my husband on the last episode. That cat was his best friend, literally his emotional support animal. And we were just weeks away from uh, being able to integrate him inside because um, it was a process to get him, um, you know, you had to go get all the shots and, you know, be able to come in with our other pets. Right. So it's, it's been rather devastating. Um, I'm still holding out hope because we kind of think we might maybe know what happened. We're not sure yet. But anyway, so hopefully by the next time we film, maybe I'll have some good news on that. I don't know. But it's just been a rough day, like just all around. And I know you've been crazy busy. So um, I mean, anyway. between. Yeah, it's, it has been It's between the network, my shoot job. Um, like you said, we just got married here a few weeks ago. Today, we signed a lease on a new place. Like, huh? I said, happy wife, happy life. I mean, for real. <laughs> Those are the freaking rules. Yeah, hey, listen, I'm very, I'm very aware of that. It's, it's not lost on me. I, I can assure you. Um, but listen, all in all, I mean, aside from what you guys are dealing with, and I feel terrible about that. I had two cats. Both of them lived 
for over 20 years each. So I, um, I can understand the attachment and, and like my heart goes out to you and Charles, man. Cause I know you use the word emotional support animal, man. I get that wholeheartedly. And that just put it in a different perspective for me. So I'm sending out my, my best, you know, vibes and all of that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I appreciate that so much. Um, so I think we have mentioned in other episodes or in other conversations we've had, it's a gift. I can pretty much connect anything. And somehow we did a whole episode, two parts with real time, four day break for emergency union phone calls and somehow connected it to Chinese food and my missing cat. It's a gift. I don't know. But you know what? That's authentic. That's real life. It's never just about one thing. So um, I I do want to put a pin in a part two to this down the road and kind of do a follow up episode and, and see, um, you know, how this unfolds, because um, it's it's a it's a really big deal for um, for many, many people. So um, I appreciate your time and um, and thank you to our listeners who are. Uh, indulging this episode where we had to uh, kind of do things off the cuff, but it's okay. We stand, in, I stand, I stand, you are one of them, but in complete solidarity with all of our, our folks across the country who are striking right now, not only with UAW, but Blue Cross Blue Shield, the nurses union, teachers, I don't know. We've got people everywhere yeah. um, standing up to, to, to get what they have earned and deserve. And I'm here for it. So, um, I am very excited. I'm not sure what's going to happen now because of what's going on with all this and the ever, you know, the moving parts daily, you like never know what to expect. Um, we normally film and record or record these on Sundays. And, um, I kind of had a plan for that, but I don't know. It might find, it might, fall into place your schedule could change we'll see but i'm very excited about one of our upcoming episodes i'm going to have two of my dear friends on um who are both uh veterans um and we're going to talk about like we're all in the same age group so it's like really talking about their life stories and how they got where you know into the service but kind of the aftermath of that and the things that they've had to overcome and struggle and deal with um, and we all kind of were post 9-11, you know, we just literally, it was just 9-11, like anniversary, like what, like last week. Um, so many people that I grew up with joined the service right after that, you know, feeling that I feel like it was the first time in probably a long time that people felt that call, like, like World yes. War II, like this, we must do it. And of course so much since then and we've lost so many people but for those that that made it through and came home um i think we talked about before mental health like you didn't have these terms or these these treatments these therapies stuff like that like you know back when vietnam like people came home and they were just like suck it up buttercup get to work like there was no treatment you know and so now this generation that came home from Afghanistan and Iraq, we're in a culture where we do have words for that. We do have diagnoses and we do have therapies, whether or not they actually get the help they need when they come home after, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But that's why these are two different uh, individuals, two different stories, but they're both my friends and both um incredible incredible human beings parents uh my friend amber is a purple heart recipient uh for her service in iraq and then uh Stu daru will be my other guest and uh, he served in afghanistan so um i think it's going to be a very emotional episode and a very um meaningful episode as we always try to do and providing quality content so um i am looking forward to that uh bring the tissue i think maybe i don't know or a doobie Whichever one you need. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it could go one, one of two ways, whatever, you know, you're, you're most comfortable with. But uh, <laughs> I, I, too, am very, I'm, I, you know, from a producer's, you know, standpoint, I'm very much looking forward to being a part of that. That sounds incredibly fascinating. And it's right in my wheelhouse like that. It, I'm all about the human story that, you know, what makes people yeah. who they are. 
this is going to be one one of those things that that is on absolute full display. For sure. And I guess just maybe a quick shout out too to our our buddy Sean Grugel uh from co-host of Power Tripping through the 80s. Um his son's coming home. Uh service is over. I think he's going to be uh coming home I think in the next week or two. Uh early part of October. So yeah. Okay. And, so not and, too far. Like that's mm-hmm. that's exciting. So um anyway, uh, yeah, I know he's he's he and Sharon both are very much looking forward to that. I know they miss that boy, and I'm sure he misses them too. So, sure. um, well, it's it's going to be cool. All of our servicemen and women, and our veterans out there, and we appreciate your service. So, anyway, I think that's going to wrap us up here for this episode of Say What, um, Jason. If people want to get more information on the UAW striker um, details or go join a picket line or whatever they want to do to help support um, the UAW is like, they have like a website that shows like what's going on, where, I mean, obviously you can follow them on Facebook or Instagram. I'm sure. Uh, UAW.org, I believe is their official website. There are kind of other websites that is endorsed by them. Uh, UAW international, I think maybe one. Go on Facebook or Twitter, hashtag stand up strike. Uh, yeah. that, w- that will bring you real-time updates where people are at, what's happening, and you can get a lot of information through there. Just make sure it's it's legit because what, what we're finding is a lot of these scab accounts that are popping up and trying to get people's information, wanting to know where people are at. What local are you at? You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. So just... Just kind of before you go posting anything, just kind of do a little bit of research and make sure you're not setting yourself up for some sort of bullshit down the line. Uh, but right. UAW.org, I feel like, is going to be the first place you want to go. They're, they're, you know, their official website. Perfect. And we'll make sure, too, that when we post this link for this episode, we'll have hashtag stand up strike. Um, here in the post so that you could just click on that and search and, and, and go support your local union members. So, um, Jason, as always, thank you for pushing the buttons and making the magic happen. And My for pleasure. everyone that's tuned in, we appreciate uh, you listening in and um, till next time. Thank you for joining us.